0: Hello, and welcome to the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where you can propel your faith into even deeper levels as we discuss how to live the kingdom culture on earth as it is in heaven, just as Jesus prayed. Here's your host, the great Matt Geib. Good day, good day, Kingdom Corner Podcast followers and devotees. The great Matt Geib with you once again on a very, very early Summer morning here toward uh, the end of fall, or I should say the end of summer toward fall. And we are in the last part of Philippians chapter 4. We've had a blessed time in the whole book, and we're winding up the book today. And then next week, next episode, next week, next episode, I believe we'll be back with a conclusion. This is such a power-packed. Uh, book of four chapters. Again, the theme in chapter four has been Christ, our strength. And today, the the title of the lesson that I came up with was contentment, contentment, and the portion of scripture we're looking at, Philippians 4, 10 to 23. And let me read that for you. Christ, our strength. We talked about that in, in this chapter. Verse 10, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at your last care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am in to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Verse 14. Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed in Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving but only you. For even in Thessalonica you sent aid once again and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Ephroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Here we are, the last portion of Scripture in Philippians. And here again, it's just full of, of, of statements of Scriptures that we probably have known if we're Christians for a long time. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Verse 13. Um, the other one, my God shall supply all your need, uh, verse 19. And then uh, the one about being content, maybe you've heard that you know uh, before as well, but that might not be like the other two, might not be as popular. Um, verse 21, greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, but especially those who are of Caesar's household. Verse 23, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Uh, I, I hadn't seen that. I hadn't read the last two verses. There are three verses, so we got those read now. Let's just go back to verse 10, and we'll begin to break this down for you, as we always do. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. Wow, what a theme. This is a theme, one of the major themes we've seen throughout this book. This is this phrase, I rejoice in the Lord or be rejoicing. We've seen it 11 times in the epistle, and we've talked about that before. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. See, he was putting to practice what he told them to do, that now your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity has flourished he's talking about their giving it's flourished the greek phrase was taken from this old testament verse ezekiel 17:24 that said all the trees of the floor forest will know that i am the lord god and that i bring down the tall tree and make the low tree grow tall i dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish i the lord hath spoken it, and I will do it. So it was taken from that verse. Paul is kind of quoting that verse in a way. It, it's like a tree that's being revived in the spring, flourish, come to life again as the spring sun comes and hits the tree and, and the, all the nourishment comes. It means to sprout or blossom again. You, you know, I've caused you to flourish, to blossom again. Are you, uh, um, your care for me has flourished. Uh, and blossomed again. You have caused your thinking on me to bloom anew. You revived your thought for me. That's what Vincent says. Ye bubbled forth again and again in caring for my interest. That's what Alfred says, uh, the other Greek scholar. In other words, the Philippians allowed their care and concern for Paul to come to fruition again, to be birthed again, as it were. The point here is, this is in regard to the gift the Philippians had sent to Paul uh, from you know from them via Ephroditus. We've talked about that. Philippians 1, 3 to 5, Philippians 4, 11, uh, and Philippians 4, 15 to 19. We're going through that right now, uh, those verses here in chapter 4. But it's just a beautiful theme that we see in the book, how... Again, I've said before that they were one of the only churches that Paul really received gifts from, simply because uh, so many times that was looked upon uh, that that's what the uh, the the uh, false teachers did—they fleeced the flock, you know. And he didn't. Paul never wanted to look like he was doing that to them or any other church, but from the church of Philippi, he did receive a, uh, gifts of giving, a beautiful recurring theme um, that is just a, a really star in the crown of the church of Philippi, right? Lacked opportunity. It says they lacked opportunity, most likely due to the fact that, as we sit in chapter 2, Ephroditus became sick uh, en route to seeing Paul. Let's read a cross-reference here. Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, Pressed down, shaken together, and running over, so shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet wherewithal, it shall be measured to you again. Luke six thirty eight. Give and it shall be given. What a principle! What a beautiful principle of Scripture! Doesn't always mean financially. You know, if back in the seventies when I was coming up in the Pentecostal. Church at sixteen and all excited, I went to a church for a while that talked about if you give ten dollars, God'll give you you know a hundred dollars or fifty dollars he'll he'll always give you more and you can invest in God. Well, I think that was a misunderstanding about what that really means. uh yes, sometimes he gives back to you monetarily, but sometimes it's in other ways, and uh you know, I believe Paul was hitting upon that here how His love for them and their love for Him because of their giving actually grew and blossomed and increased. Amen? Verse 11, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned, uh, and here's the title of what we we, uh, said today, contentment, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I have learned, Paul says. The Greek language conveys the idea of entering into a new condition, meaning for for Paul, coming from a place of being raised by rich Jewish parents, he had to learn or was in the process of learning what it meant to be content with what he had because he wasn't of of the rich class anymore because his parents basically uh, disowned him. They wouldn't support him anymore when he left the Jewish faith. Content. This word, content, I'm sorry, this word was used by the Greek Stoics to show that men should all be sufficient unto themselves in all circumstances. Good or bad, it speaks of self-sufficiency and competency. However, Paul's sufficiency was not this. It wasn't, you know, like the Stoics. It wasn't that, but it was Christ's sufficiency. Paul lived independent of circumstances. Why? Why? Because he depended on Christ. This this is such a powerful, powerful principle. If you can assimilate it into your heart today, our sufficiency is in Christ. Uh, we don't even need to be like I read some books out there, self-help books, and yeah, we're 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 like um, I can't think of the Greek philosopher. We're like um, this Greek philosopher. Because good or bad, you know, we can take it we're sufficient, we'll find strength. But no, no, Paul was talking about the sufficiency he had and and uh, the reason he could be content. It's not just because he put up with something and toughed it out, but because Christ was his sufficiency. He had peace in Christ about his situation. Second Corinthians 3.5 is a cross-reference. Not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. 1 Corinthians 6, 6-8, here's a good one. Godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But we have food and clothing, and we will be content with that. Hebrews thirteen five. Keep your lives free from the love of money, and be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And I'm kind of wondering about my 1 Corinthians 6 reference about godliness with contentment. I believe actually that's in Timothy. I'm going to have to look that up, uh, come back and correct that if that's wrong, But because I think Paul uh, was sharing that with Timothy. I don't think it was in Corinthians, that verse, but I will check that out. Uh, Verse 12, then, I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Boy, did Paul know that. Everywhere and in all things I have learned to both be full and to be hungry, to abound and to suffer need. And I can do all things, here we go, through Christ who strengthens me. What does that do for your theology today? Can you learn to be a base? Can you learn to be abound? Yes, God wants to supply all your need. God wants to make you, you know, wealthy beyond your greatest imagination. And I don't mean, again, monetarily. But are there times that we go through things and we suffer? All that live godly, it says in another scripture, shall suffer persecution. There are times where we may suffer some need until God meets our need, you know. Uh, you know, that that this idea that, you know, everything's going to be a bed of roses when you're a Christian, when you become a Christian, is so far from the truth. Um, God is building something in us to be content, whatever state we find ourselves in in life. And sometimes we lose our jobs. Sometimes uh, a loved one gets sick. Sometimes we have great need. And that's when Christ can really be our strength. and And will he meet our needs? Yes. You know, um, abased to be humble, to be brought low, depress, make level, reduce in rank—a state of humiliation. Wow, wow! Here Paul uses the word to show how he was able to live frugally as a minister. <laughs> a lot of us could learn that today, could we not? Philippians two eight and Philippians three twenty one address this too. Second Corinthians four seven to ten. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, and it's not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed, perplexed yet not in despair, persecuted but never abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. 2 Corinthians 6, 9-10. Known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing yet possessing everything. What a beautiful thought. Having nothing but possessing everything. Yes, only Christians could say that. Paul's abasement resume. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three 23-31. Read that, all the things he went through. Shipwrecked, beaten numerous times, stoned to the point of death, you know, all the trials and tribulations Paul went through. Second Corinthians 11, 23 to 31. Are we any better than Paul? Are we any better than Christ? I don't think so. We could be facing some of those things in the days ahead. Uh, but remember, Christ will be with us. He's our strength. Let's we'll look at the word abound. I know how to abase and to abound, that is to overflow in superfluity, to have have things in excess, be exceeding. You know, Paul knew how to he knew how to be abased and he knew how to be abound, uh, abound in abundance. It didn't take him off the path of of his ministry. He didn't get so caught up in it again. Uh, I'm not meaning to pick on anybody. I don't sit back in judgment. But what about the ministers today that? Some of them are just making, they've become millionaires uh, through preaching the gospel. Is that all wrong? I'm not going to judge that totally, but I wonder. I ask the question, you know, are they carried away in that? Is there something more they could do with that superfluidity, as it were? Uh, Ephesians 3, 16 to 21, I pray that out of his glorious riches, um. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide, how long, how deep is the love of Christ. We're talking about the riches of the love of Christ here, not just monetary things, not just worldly possessions and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Here's how you're filled with the fullness of God, by by experiencing His love. He ends this passage here in Ephesians 3, saying that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen? Whether you're abasing or abounding, I've learned, I've been instructed, Paul says. This is like an initiation, like initiation into a club, we could say into a mystery. Remember the Mysterion? We talked about in Ephesians 3 how Paul was the revealer of the great mystery that Christ was uh, the redemptive son sent to redeem the world from God. uh, That was just new. It was kind of a new revelation that he was opening up to the Gentiles. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Verse 13. Let's look at some of these translations. I am strong for all things in the one who constantly infuses strength in me. Weist. I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Uh, Today's Passion Translation. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Um, That's Amplified, classic version. Amen. All right, let's let's go on. We'll go on. Ephesians 3.16 is a cross-reference. I pray that of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Ephesians 6.10. 2 Timothy 2 1, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that it is that is in Christ Jesus. Wow, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, let's go on to verse 14. Nevertheless, you have done well. That is, you have done a beautiful thing, is what Paul was saying. That's the Greek translation. You why? Because you shared, he said the next phrase, you shared in my distress. Um Literally, you you made yourselves fellow partakers with my tribulation. Wow. Amen? Fellow partakers with my tribulation. So powerful in that the Philippians took on Paul's burden for ministry, both financially, in intercession, and in companionship of love, more so than any other church probably. I've told you that they were probably um, just a real jewel in Paul's crown. Uh, they weren't like the Corinthian church who had a lot of problems that he had to correct. They were a very lo- very loving and giving church and except for the problem with the two ladies that kind of got into contention with uh, each other, they were a very good church. The, you could call them the Good Samaritan Church <laughs> you know they gave, they gave that way to people you know and to Paul. Um, you have done well, you've shared in my res- re- distress he says. Um, no other church shared with me concerning giving and receiving. Let's look at that. The Philippians and Paul had a give and take relationship, kind of like credit and debit. He brought them salvation and giftings. They would forever, because they loved him so much, be indebted to him in love as as he brought them the message of Christ. So they co-labored together in the gospel. You set aid once again and again. Amen. Just like Luke 6.38 that we, lit, we we read earlier, Give and it shall be given unto you. Here's another verse from the Old Testament I could preach uh, uh, the rest of the time on. It's in, in my book, uh, Searching for Significance on Ecclesiastes. If, if you ever want to get it, you can get a hold of me. Ecclesiastes 11, 1 and 2, Cast your bread on the surface of the waters. Be diligently active. Make thoughtful decisions. For you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, or even divide it to eight. For you do not know what more misfortune may occur on the earth. In other words, give while you can. Give while there's opportunity. There may not always be the opportunity to give. Um, and, and give to seven or eight. Divide it out. Don't just. In other words, he's saying here. Don't just give a. Uh, a tithe and don't just give to the Red Cross. It, it's a, in the, in the Hebrew here, it's a, a, the language shows like a reckless, almost a reckless unconcern for how this person is giving. Not that we should ever be reckless in our giving, but they have such a heart to give. They're not just giving to a couple, they're giving to as many people as they can. Seven or eight, they're dividing it out. <clears throat> he giveth more grace, I have down here. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto men. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he that is God giveth and giveth again. When we have exhausted our storehouse of endurance, when our strength has failed, ere the day is half done, when we reach the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving is only begun. He giveth more grace. The old hymn. Mm, I love that. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto man. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth, and he giveth, and he giveth again. Oh, he giveth, dear saint, he giveth, and he giveth again. Let that penetrate your heart today. That's for somebody out there listening that maybe you're at the end, maybe things seem exhausted, but he's going to give to you what you need. Verse 17, we talked about, or it says, I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. And a cross-reference, John 15, 16, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, Jesus said, and ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you seek and ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Your fruit should abound. He wants us to be fruitful. I seek fruit that abounds to your account. Why? He's praying to God for that because they've given so much to him. And he wants them in, in return to be dread, uh, uh, blessed, you know, uh, given it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. That's what he wants. Verse 18, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And walk in love, cross-reference, as Christ has loved us and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Let's go on. We're coming to the end of of this lesson now. And my God, verse 19, one that we probably all have known since childhood, those that are Christians, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Supply means literally I am full, meaning filled to the full. In other words, God will give in the same measure to the Philippians that they gave to Paul. Oh what a powerful statement. I've been trying to get that across to you today. Give to him. Like 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 Solomon was sharing in Ecclesiastes, you know, to seven and to eight, divide it out, cast your bread upon the water. You know, don't be so concerned about it. Again, not that you should be reckless. Make sure you're giving your tithe, but if you want to be a generous giver and I talk about that in my book, you you just find all kind of people to give to there's probably nothing in life that you uh, brings you more blessing and happiness to it than to give to others whether it's financially or, or of your sustenance like food that you have out of your garden uh, however maybe mowing the lawn for the older lady down the street that's what we're talking about second um, Corinthians 9 eight God is able to make all grace that is every favor and earthly blessing. Come in abundance to you, so that you may always, under all circumstance, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely sufficient in Him, and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. Do you have an abundance for every good work and act of charity? Are you looking out for the needs of your neighbors, for the needs of those in in your church community, for the needs of your family, that you can give in abundance uh, in every good work and act of charity? Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we could ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Let's read that again. To him who is able to do above and beyond all that we could ask or think according to the power that is in us. Wow. Let's look at the word glory. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. This is the element in which God supplies our needs in his glory. Glory is a synonymous of goodness. Out of his goodness he gives to us, because we're his favorite sons and daughters. Glory and goodness are synonymous. Proverbs 20, or I'm sorry, Psalm, Psalm 23, 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me, shall follow you, saint, all the days of your life, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 27, 13. I had fainted. David said, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Are, are you fading today? Are you almost exhausted in yourself physically, maybe financially? Oh, you're going to see the goodness of God. Amen. Psalm 31, 19. Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trusted thee before the sons of men. How great is your goodness for those that fear you. You have wrought it for them. You have wrought it for us because we trust you. Hallelujah. Verses 21 to 23 is the conclusion. It's the salutation, I guess, or um, the ending, we could say. I don't know if it's the salutation. Um, I I, I almost think salutation has to do with introduction. But it's the conclusion. And he's talking about Caesar's house. Uh, Let's let's look at that verse. Um, Let me see. Greet every, every saint in Christ Jesus. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those in the household of Caesar. The Roman praetorian guard converted through Paul's ministry. Even they were sending their love. Isn't that amazing? Oh, Paul had such a, such a powerful effect in all these churches and all these communities throughout which he traveled on his three or four missionary journeys. All oh, that we could have the effect in, in our metron, in our city, in our town, and if we're called elsewhere, in our family, in our neighborhood. Amen? To, to, to give uh, to others, to, to abound in blessing to them. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for this wonderful book of Philippians that you anointed your servant Paul and inspired to write. Oh, that we can be content in you that we can be strengthened in you, hallelujah, that we can rejoice in you no matter what, that we can both abase and abound as Brother Paul. Lord, be with the people today. Go with them this week and just let your life be their strength and their guide. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for another great discussion on The Kingdom Corner, hosted by Matt Geib. Remember to click the subscribe button so you can be notified of each new episode as it's released. To enjoy an even deeper dive into God's Word, check out Matt's new devotional book, Searching for Significance, a devotional journey through the book of Ecclesiastes. Learn more and even hear from Matt himself on the devotional website, SignificanceAcademy.com. As always, thank you for being a part of The Kingdom Corner.